we did a little trial run and then Tess cut the mic but <laughs> I thought I hit record but I didn't hit record ah, Tess yes. so guess what's going on this week guys tell them you said that that you were waiting for their answer well drum roll please ah. <laughs> I wanted to be those people <laughs> We know what one day we're going to be adding the sounds in the background. We could, but we're just too lazy to do that. Yeah, but we could. <laughs> we will one day. All right? Just stay tuned for that. But you just told me some big news that's happening on Friday. That's not big news. This is big news. It's not you... big news. Okay, well, it's not like... It's not big look, news. Look, look, try... stop trying to minimize your <laughs> accomplishments, all right? It is your... 13th anniversary. 13 years of training MMA. Yes. And, and Friday, the, I just looked at it, the 21st. Friday the 21st, April 21st, 2010 is when Look I started. That. Officially started training MMA, not just hitting a punching bag in my basement. That's not sound effects, guys. That's meaning <laughs> That's actually. Clapping. That's a great thing. Look, not even not everyone can say I train consistently for the past thirteen years. People train, yeah, but they take time off. Yeah, I think the there's lo- a difference. The longest I've taken off was was about two weeks. So you guys see, this is what you do. Two That's weeks consistency, total. discipline. Wow, not even see? two weeks con- consecutively. <laughs> yeah. So again. <clears throat> A lot of people can say, I started training when I was five. But yeah. do you train though? Like every week, every day? No, you don't. And that's why like when, when people ask, I don't count my the, the time I spent wrestling in high school. Mm-hmm. Because there was, I had my, my last wrestling match. What was that? In 2008? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, at the end of 2008, early 2009, maybe. Okay. But, like, we're talking, like, January of 2009 would have been my last match. But I think, no, it had to be December of 2008 um, right. that I had my last wrestling match. So it was between that time and April 21st, 2010. So in total, let's say when you first began martial arts then. Because, I mean, wrestling is part of what yeah, we so. Arts, so. My first wrestling practice was in November. It was my, my grandmother's birthday, November 6th, um, 2006. Ooh, it was my first first day of wrestling practice. So it would be almost two decades, though. Yeah, we're... From starting the we're, actual sport. We're approaching, yeah. Yeah, because then... But wrestling, um, so yeah. So you've lasted wrestling longer than MMA then. Because, well, you, you started... Wrestling well, the, yeah, I, I I started wrestling first. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I did two seasons with wrestling, and then essentially took two years of not doing combat sports like that. Yeah. Um, it it was before even before I started going to MMA classes. I, you know, I I found a I set up a punching bag in my basement and just yeah. started punching the bag and started trying to emulate the things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I would try to do some of the wrestling drills that I remembered. I n- I never really thought that I, MMA was going to be this big in my life um i was just doing it as something that i enjoyed like i started watching it i enjoyed watching it and then i just started enjoying training because it helped with my my mental health i never really thought it was going to be what it is in my life Mm -hmm. now you know so good i'm glad you stuck through it look what you did though with it 
Yeah, that's what people. I'm still looking. I'm still. No, I mean <laughs> it's 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 crazy because yeah, a lot of people can say yeah, I do the sport or I do any sort of sport, mm-hmm. right? But there are only few people that make something out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just train for the rest of your life, but then others teach, others own gyms, others switch on to something else that's closer to it you know like yeah from wrestling to pro wrestling or mma or boxing or anything mm-hmm. like that so yeah it's a it's a it's a big accomplishment so i don't think you should minimize it i think you should take it for what it is because 13 years and you've done it without anyone on your ass to do it without people believing in you you know from the doubters from the people that didn't mm-hmm. think you will last mm-hmm. You know, so give yourself a pat in the back because... Yeah, because it was people that... There was a lot of people that kind of... I, I don't want to say encouraged me to stop, but they definitely they definitely wouldn't have been disappointed if I stopped. Mm. You know, but um, I lost a lot of friends during my... The, the bulk of my training, like when, when I was just a student and stuff. Yeah. You know, because they didn't really understand why I had to be at the gym, where I, where I felt like I had to be at the gym every day. Yeah. Um, you know, so I missed out on a lot of things and stuff. But the friends that stuck around, the family that stuck around, sees what what the sport is for me. Yeah. You know, and and I've I've talked about it in the past. Like it's 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 something that for some people, like you said, it's a hobby. For some people, it's a career. For some people, it's you know, just something that to help them stay in shape. And for me, it's mm-hmm. all of those things. You know, I, I, I was watching UFC last night and this morning. You know, the, the old school UFC, not current day stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I still enjoy watching it. I still enjoy training it and practicing it, you know. And we're, what, maybe, what is it, five years removed, six years removed from the last time I was supposed to fight, you yeah. know, my last training camp. You know, and I still spend at least two times a week either hitting pads two uh, two times a week or one day I hit pads, the other day I hit um, the punching bag and stuff. You know, I jump in, get some or rounds wherever I can or someone's sparring. face and sparring, <laughs> you know, it, it, it didn't take, it doesn't take much of a push for me to, to do it. You know, obviously, yeah. it do, there's days where I don't feel like doing anything, but I know that I should do something, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe on those days, maybe it's just, you know, a few rounds of shadow boxing or a few days of drilling or a few days of just, all right, let me just get through this, yeah. you know. But it, it's something that's been part of my life consistently for 13 years. Yeah. You know, where it's, it's weird for me to not... Whether it's shadow boxing or just, you know, whatever, to throw a punch. So, you know how we talked about your, your, your ability to kind of like... Okay, so this goes back to so like the fighting and like the competing and, and how your mindset works with things that you get bored. So, for example, like I'm just thinking right now, how is it that you can continue to do the sport when... The way that you do some things, you kind of look ahead of mm-hmm. look ahead before they happen. Yeah. Like we've been talking about you competing, but then you said it, you're like, I'm afraid that I might get addicted to it. Yeah. Or maybe you, maybe you do this for so long, and then you wonder like, 
was this supposed to be what I'm supposed to do? What was I supposed to do something else? Mm-hmm. And then there's that like that fear, and then I don't know if you get bored or something that it is that you just kind of wonder, should I have done something else, right? Yeah. But then with this situation with MMA, you continue to do it. Mm-hmm. You know how you have like for example, we talked about the you you fighting again. If last year or yeah, when you did the in-house tournament, you said that was it. Yeah. And then after the fact you said you wanted to continue because now you have a fight left in you mm-hmm. so you go through this doubts of whether or not you should continue something before they happen yeah but then with mma you just know that you do it you know what i mean yeah and you just don't stop how is that that you can do that with mma but other things you don't or how are you able to do this with mma does that make sense um, yeah, I, I get, I think I get where, where, where you're getting with it. Um, you know, the fact that there, there's so many questions on whether or not I want to compete because I go back and forth with it, but there's none of that back and forth with whether I want to tr- keep training. Yeah. Exactly. You know, because what I train for is not necessarily for competition. And, and this is something that I wish I would have spent time with myself analyzing about myself mm-hmm. when I was competing, when I did th- those training camps, because I think if, if I would have adjusted my mindset a little bit better mm-hmm. for those camps, one, my first fight would have gone very differently. Yeah. And, you know, with the, the last training camp I had with the guys dropping out of the fights, you know, there, there's no for sure thing of saying, okay, it would have done this and that, you know, but for me, the back and forth with competition always comes from because that part was kind of, I, I, yeah. You know, and unfinished, and sometimes I feel like it, it never even got started. Mm. You know, when I was wrestling in high school, I was wrestling because the school told me that I had to do an extracurricular activity. Mm-hmm. So every single time I wrestled, I was wrestling because I felt like I had to, not because I wanted to. Okay. You know, so I enjoyed, I, I, I grew to enjoy wrestling. Um, you know, and, and I noticed that I was one of the last guys on the team to get a win. So that kind of pushed me a little bit to try a little bit harder until I got that win. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it did happen in wrestling where my, my sophomore year, I won a few more matches. And I almost felt like, all right, well, now what? <laughs> yeah. You know, because as, as much as it sucks and, and I don't want it to... To come off like I have anything against my coaches because I don't. I mm-hmm. I can speak praises on Coach Cress all day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish Coach Ferraro was st- was still alive to see what I, I've been able to do. Yeah. You know, Coach Stevens follows along with the stuff that I do on Facebook and Instagram. You know, and I talk mm-hmm. to him every once in a while. You know, but there were other coaches that were a little bit higher up than those guys on the team that had their their favorites. You know, so I knew I wasn't one of them. I knew I wasn't going to be one of them. So I knew I wasn't going to get that attention. I also knew, you know, because those guys were wrestling for years. It wasn't that they just started in high school. They were wrestling in in grammar school and middle school and all that good stuff. You know, so I knew I was playing a lot of catch up. And I knew that with my ability, I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, a guy that won tournaments or anything like that, you know. If maybe if I would have stuck it out the four years by my my senior year, maybe I could have come close to winning a tournament. Um, but I just felt like my skill level as a wrestler and my physical ability wasn't there to to be great mm-hmm. at the time, you know. And a lot of that had to do with my mindset um, because I truly believe those things, 
you know, so after I won a few matches and then it was like the, because like my freshman year is like, holy shit, Lau won a match, you know, like that, that was a shock, you know, and then sophomore year is like, oh my God, he's winning. <laughs> and then it became just like, okay, he won, mm. you know, so the spark kind of died because the win wasn't as shocking or as rare anymore, mm. you know, so I, I did lose kind of that, oh, well, what not? You know, but that was because did you do that for them then? That was for the praise. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and that was the thing because I didn't want to be the guy, the only guy on the team that didn't win. Mm, okay. So that was my drive. I wasn't even doing it for me. It felt good. Like it, I, I was so excited when I finally won because I was like, holy shit, this this, this feels good. Yeah, you know. And, and when the referee raised my hand, I was like, I've waited <laughs> for this my entire life. <laughs> You know, because not even that I wanted to wrestle, but I wanted to get into pro wrestling, oh. you know. So the idea of having a referee raise your hand was, was something that I, I I enjoyed. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't until like recently with the grappling terms that I had fallen back in love with amateur wrestling. We've talked about that before. Yeah. You know, where there's still question of me fighting in the cage, you know, there's I'm, I'm training for a, a jiu-jitsu tournament but what's a guarantee and and this is kind of one of those things for me this is where my softer side comes in you know because without coach crest i don't think i would have continued with combat sport mm. you know he he was so patient with me my freshman year yeah. and then he's been so supportive since i started mma yeah. that there's there's certain tributes that i want to pay to him you know and there's certain legacies that i want to keep alive for him and with him, you know, and he had his last amateur wrestling match in his mid fifties, you know. So I want to do an amateur wrestling tournament in my mid fifties, you know. Yeah, so that that part, one. that one, that one's a yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do that one. I'm doing it for me, but I'm doing it also as as a tribute and respect to the guy that got it started for me, mm-hmm. you know, with Coach Crest, you know. But the fighting stuff, like. I wasn't doing it for me. I was doing it because they had me, they had already been talking to me about teaching. And I was like, who's going to listen to me unless I do this? Yeah. You know, and when the first time I fought was exactly that, you know, and I couldn't perform the way I wanted to perform because my mindset wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so I kind of, and then all those years went by with me teaching and learning that, that side of the, the sport and then having my last scheduled fight not go through with three different opponents dropping out. I felt like that that was taken away from me, yeah. you know. And then by the end of that same year, I was a business owner, you know. So yeah. those things were kind of taken away from me, you know. So for 13 years and having just two scheduled fights, one of them that happened, the other one that didn't, if I only trained with the intention of competing or if I only trained because I was competing I would not be the martial artist that I am today mm-hmm. because two training camps in 13 years is not a lot <laughs> at all you know so that couldn't be my my motivation to to train my motivation was to get better every day because and, and to this day like even with my wrestling that I've been doing this for so long I'm fine it's finally clicking with me why I struggle with my takedowns, why I have to work extra hard on my takedowns because I'm missing a certain step Mm -hmm. that I've been practicing and training and mentally preparing for. And I'm 
eager to get back on the mats and start rolling with people after the training camp uh, for for the guys um, to put that into practice now, you know, because that's my motivation. It's not necessarily what, whether I do the jujitsu tournament or not, it doesn't matter because I'm going to fix my, my takedowns. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that I'm able to take down anybody. Yeah. You know, that's my motivation. That's what I want to do. When did that change, though, from the beginning? Because based on what, what you shared about the first time you called Anthony, mm-hmm. your victory coach, that you wanted to fight, and that's it. Yeah. And then you started the process. You know, you were training a lot consistently, lifting weights. And then you fought. And then you didn't fight again, but at the same time, you were still going in with the intention to fight. Mm-hmm. And then when did that change where you're like, you know what? I want to do this to get better. Um, later than I like to admit, because I, I want to say it's, it's in pretty recent. How far recent. along when you started? I'm talking just a few years ago. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I think so I keep going. Though? I I think it was it was really when I when when I opened Warrior Revolution, mm-hmm. um, and and it got deeper when I, I forgot. I I know for sure I talked with my dad about it but it might have been with you guys too where everybody sees the amount of respect that I have for my coaches Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to see myself as someone where my students hold me with that same respect you know and it wasn't until more people started doing the grappling tournament and stuff and then specifically with this last one because a few of the competitors asked me straight up like did I make you proud was that how did you feel? You know, so that was that was that one like took me back, you know. And then some people were like, you know, I okay, I'm gonna say names because I'm not saying anything negative, no. you know. But when when April went in for her second match, yeah, you know, she said that she didn't want to lose because she she wanted to make me proud, mm. you know. And I was like, awesome, great, thanks, you know. <laughs> but make yourself proud first right. too, you know. But things like that mean the absolute world to me. You know, because that that's all I wanted to do with my coaches. I just wanted to make them proud. Like when, when Coach Cress gave me the... <laughs> it, it was such a flashback moment. And I know I've, I've told half of the story, but I, I, I didn't tell the connection to it. I've told both stories because it, it, it's, it's a connection of both stories. You know, because Coach Cress was the freshman coach in, in at Loyola. Mm-hmm. So by my sophomore year, he wasn't coaching me anymore i was learning from coach stevens i was being cornered by coach stevens but there was one day where the sophomores Mm. and the freshmen were on the same bus and like i was just sitting on the bus i was by myself coach crest was sitting in the aisle across from me you know and i was kind of like sprawled out laid out on the on the bus so my feet were kind of closer to the aisleway and coach crest kind of kicked my foot and he's like how's the season been going for you anyway you know he's like "I, i don't get to see you too often anymore you know, so I got to tell him that I, you know, I've won more matches this year and stuff. And, and he kind of just nodded his head, mm. you know, and at the in-house event where I was convinced that I was retired from any kind of, <laughs> of contact mm. competition. Um, you know, and he was one of the judges after everything was over, you know, he stuck around and, you know, we had some food, we had some drinks and we were just sitting there and there was kind of a moment of being quiet and he yeah. kicked my foot again. And he's like, you know, I'm really proud of everything that you've done. Mm. And, you know, just those those parallel stories and the, the connection there it was just like, wow, you know, that made me feel good, you know, because mm. all I've been trying to do was make him proud. Oh, 
with the stuff that I've been doing, yeah. you know, and, and that same day, you know, my, you know, I introduced my dad to Dan Severn, my parents to Dan Severn, and, and Dan told both my parents, he was like, you know, you did good raising this one, you know, so that felt good, yeah. you know, and my parents both acknowledged it, you know, so now I'm getting that, you know, so all of these things are like, wow, this is cool, this is actually you know, so just the simple fact that that people are looking for that through me now is like whoa and in my mind i'm still trying to make them proud i'm trying to give them somebody to look up to and that's why i still train Mm -hmm. that's why i still strive to get better as a martial artist because when they i want when my students see me train like the the video of, of me with that takedown on Mac, uh, by far the best double leg I think I've ever done. That was a great one, too. You know, and just seeing Frankie in the background, like, <laughs> clapping and getting, yeah. like, super pumped. I was like, that's the kind of stuff that I live for. You know, mm-hmm. because it's like, I, I want to get better. I want my students to have a good reason to trust me, to believe in me, to be proud of me. Yeah. So those are things that I, I currently fight for. Through my training, and that's what, and and as long as I'm breathing and living, live, uh, living, because training still just the adrenaline of it, it just it still makes me feel good. There's no question I have anger issues, you know, so it's a healthy way to let out my anger, you know. But between those things for me personally, and the things that I I strive to be as a martial artist, so that other people want to do that too, that's what keeps me going. And I think I've gotten so much better because of that mindset, because it's not, I'm no longer looking for a referee to raise my hand. Mm. I'm looking for something deeper and bigger than that. Mm. You know? And this is where I see the, the exchange in, in purpose in, in, yeah, in your whys, because when you first started, you know, you did that, yes, for yourself, but you did it to, for the praise of other people, your ego was big. And then that eventually started changing as you became more self-aware and you changed your purpose. And now, yeah, you train for yourself, but you also train as a, it's a form of serving, right? Yeah. You, you do this for the students, you do this for yourself. And the more you take care of yourself and the more you teach others and show your journey, the more people look up to you Mm. and then in return, it helps them live better, strive to be better. So mm. it's always working in, in in everyone's favor. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference between being selfish, where you just think about you, 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 what's the best for you. Mm-hmm. And then now this is selfless, where you are a little bit of selfish, where you take care of your needs and stuff, but you also do it because you want to be there for your students. You want to yeah. be the best coach. Yeah. You know, and, 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 I, and I often think about the times where, you used to tell me like, like in order for you to learn something, you have to do it, yeah, right? Because you just can't watch it on television or on YouTube or anything. Like you have to do this yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you're 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 big on doing things yourself in order for you to see whether or not it works. Mm-hmm. And so you live by your word, where you do, you do what you're telling us to do, essentially, yeah. right? You're you're doing what you preach. I mean, there's sometimes you know like. But yeah. yeah, but at least you you give your best to at least train, at least spar, at least grapple, so you can feel what we're feeling, and so you can teach us better. Yep. And I think that's what's been. I think so far that's been working for all of us. 
because it helps us see that you understand us mm -hmm. you know many times that i challenged you like you're making me do this and i'm like you do it and yeah. then you do it and yeah. you know i i look salty <laughs> but at the same time i also know that okay my coach can do it too which means i have no excuse not to do it you know what yeah. i mean so i mean i'm glad you can see it that way because it's very important for anybody to just see what their purpose is you know mm -hmm. and so you know going back to the times that you're your cancel fights and then the first time that the first guy canceled you know like it, did it make you feel different did you change your mindset on things that how did that play a role in your mindset and how you saw the sport or how you saw the whole fighting um like journey when all those three guys dropped out well i i had did that make gotten, you sad did that yeah i mean yes and no um I've gotten used to it because I've seen it, and for my first fight, you know, that that's something Anthony, when I told him, I was like, "All right, I'm ready. If you think I'm ready, then let's do let's do a fight." Yeah. And at the time, the 125 pound weight class was a new weight class, so he told me he's like, "It might take a few tries to get an opponent for you because mm. I don't know how many 125ers there are." Mm. I was like, "That's fine," you know. So in a sense, I got lucky that. For that first training camp, I got an opponent, mm -hmm. and it stuck through all the way through the fight, you know. But I had seen with my training partner so many guys dropping out and stuff, so I had gotten kind of expected it, mm -hmm. you know. When by the time the second fight was supposed to happen and the last fight, um, you know, Fight Card was doing the the photo shoots, and I. I went in for my photo shoot i started talking to one of the guys mm -hmm. and he's like yeah i fight at 125 blah 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 i was like oh what a coincidence <laughs> so do i you know and then he got his pictures done and then when i was getting my pictures done the matchmaker's like that's the guy i have you matched up with mm -hmm. i'm just waiting for his coach to give me the okay mm. you know i was like all right you know and i didn't know that he was out until they had already had a replacement Right, oh. so I, I got the, the, the text. That guy never accepted the, the match, so we got this guy for you. Mm. I was like, cool. Uh, At least I have someone else. Yeah, like, fine, cool, whatever. Mm -hmm. That guy dropped out a week before the fight. You know, literally about eight days before the fight. Oh my gosh. You know, so I was like, there's no way they're going to find someone a else. replacement in eight days. So I started eating again, you know, because I was in the process of dropping weight. So I started eating again. Was that because you're like, you know what? This is it. Yeah, it's I'm over. Fighting. Yeah. yeah, okay. You know, and then literally three days before the fight, I get a phone call. I was like, all right, we got someone. I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, please. so luckily that because it was a short notice fight, he wanted to do a, a catch weight, you know, so I, I didn't have to drop down all the way to 125. It was just going to be 130. So I was like, cool. And then that guy dropped out at the weigh-ins. I, I, I was in line to weigh in. And then that's when I got the tap on the shoulder from the matchmaker. And it's like, he's not coming. You know, so uh. that one was a bummer. But I kind of set myself up because I started telling people. Because I had such a good training camp with Mac and Mark. And that's like one of the first times that I really got to work with those two. That I started telling people. I was like, if this fight doesn't happen, then it, it'll still be worth it. Because I had such a great training camp. You know, Damn. so I kind of threw it up in the universe and, and God's like, you know what? He doesn't need any more brain damage. He's ugly enough as it is. No fight for him, oh you know, but 
the stuff that I learned in that training camp made it so worth it that it, I was disappointed that I couldn't do it because again I wanted to show Mark and Mac like the, what you taught me was yeah you, I was real yeah you know what I'm still in the process of learning because again I'm I'm learning now through a coach's lens mm-hmm. because I, I I was always athlete that was trying to make my coaches proud. And in a sense, I'm now a coach that's trying to make my coaches still proud and a coach that's still trying to make my students proud. Mm. You know, so now if, and maybe this is why I've, I've felt a little bit more drained and, and tired lately because now I feel like it, I'm doing double duty, you know, but it, it's I, I'm seeing things differently now through all of this because just a few days ago, I think on Saturday, Coach Crest sent me a text and he said, been watching the videos of of everybody in their their grappling tournament. He's like, and it looks like they're they're using what they're learning through the grappling. He's like, so just good job to you and congratulations to you and your team. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, I'm using what my coaches taught me mm-hmm. in a different way. I may not be fighting and winning through their teaching, but I'm passing it on to other people because everything that I teach you guys is not I, I'm not pulling these things out of my ass <laughs> we know <laughs> Every, at least I know everything yeah. comes from the coaches that spent that time to teach me mm-hmm. you know and, and it's mm-hmm. a lot but not a lot of people that I've gotten the pleasure of working with on the mats but I've gotten something out of every single one of them more than obviously some than others but that's what I teach you guys you know, I, and, and the things that they've taught me, even the things that I teach you, I still try to put it in training. If I'm going to teach something different, I'm going to put it in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my laziness to the side, my fatigue to the side, and I'm going to put my gloves on and I'm going to spar and I'm going to use it just to make sure that it's it, it, it works. You know, so well, yeah, those are the things that I'm doing now that I'm seeing. I don't necessarily need the competition because, again, the mindset of it. I want to make sure I'm, I'm competing. If I compete again, I want to make sure it's with the right mindset. Mm. You know, because anything that you do with the wrong mindset doesn't come out the way that you want it. And, and the, the things that you and I have talked about when it comes to me competing is like, I don't want to be stuck in a loop where I can't find my way out of that loop because I'm not looking for any sort of championship. I'm not looking for any recognition as a fighter. I'm looking for that recognition as a coach. I'm looking for that recognition as a mentor. So the competition stuff isn't that important to me, but I'm not going to half-ass it at the same time if I go back in there because, again, I'm setting an example. But I don't want to be stuck in a loop where it's like, okay, well, I need to go compete again because i got to redeem myself. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what, my ego really liked that. Let's uh, do it again. Let's do it again. Let me feed my ego again. You know, because... I think there's always going to be that that competitive side to me as a coach, as, as, as a competitor, you know, so it's learning how and when to feed it and when to just like go through the, like, hey, it's not you anymore. Yeah. Focus on your students, things like that, because I've learned so much in the past 13 years about myself as a human being through the sport that now is trying to put everything like. Just, just like you learn all these techniques. I've seen and learned so much over the past 13 years. I don't use all of it. Mm-hmm. I never got good at some of them. You know, I was physically incapable of doing some of them. I still teach them because they might be beneficial for someone else. But it's just not something that fits directly from for me. You know, so 
the same goes with the mindsets the same goes with competitions you know for me wanting to become a professional fighter that's just not in me anymore i don't want that anymore i used to but not anymore but that doesn't mean somebody else doesn't want to you know so if somebody else wants to i need to make sure that i'm still in shape and still able to do things that i need to do to help them get ready if that's what they want to do i think one thing that we can like let people know an example right because we know or at least i know right but there were many many fight camps especially with leo that in and um chewy for those that don't know mm. chewy you know um, he was training one year in and then his fight was won flawlessly control the guy the whole time and then one with a rear naked choke but leading to the fight you you jumped in a lot mac yeah. jumped in yeah and obviously editor and then you know the guys that usually train but yes it was mainly you um editor mac and maybe leo helped with leo, oh, yeah, leo leo and um brian and brian He's right there a lot with them too so you serve a big role in even the fight camps that involve you in there too you yeah know what i mean and so this is where we can at least ex you know show people like yeah maybe we don't have any more like clips but we have we have found some small clips and hopefully i can find them um but yeah you serve a role in in with the training camps mm -hmm. with the guys because you jump in and you work exactly what they need. Yeah. Like if you know that they're not getting a lot of pressure, you go in there and make that pressure. Yeah. If you know they need to work on those takedown defense, you go in there and just throw them takedowns and you ground them pound and they mm -hmm. gotta get up. So that's something that it, it's it's worth letting people know as well that you also jump in, you know? Yeah. Maybe you don't wanna get hit like that, but that's where you work on that wrestling. Yeah. And then the times that the guys need some some like pad holding and then they need to start, you know, making the right punches or whatever, you're there as well to, mm -hmm. to hold pads. And so I'm going to do a better job actually at, at recording those things because, yeah, many times after those five rounds that they do, three to five rounds that they do, you stay afterward, afterwards and then you go over some of the things that they need to work on. Yeah. And then you shadow box with them. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what makes a great coach, but it's it also shows that this is why you're also training as hard as you do because you are also involved into these training mm -hmm. camps. Yeah. And now that Leo wants to go for that championship fight, like, this is this is just going to be you being involved there too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then eventually, whenever, whichever person in the gym wants to go pro, you're going to be there, you're going to be involved as well. So you also have to level up your training yeah you know so something to also let people know about mm. you know and so I'm, I'm glad that you're you're able to do that for yourself and i think all of the coaches and including your parents like they see the amount of effort and work that you put into these things mm -hmm. and and that's why because they know that you're dedicated and you take this very serious and this is what you want to do for the rest of your life if it ever changes, we're still gonna be there for you. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad you can see it that way. And we can say this in the past 35 minutes, but for me, it's been a 13-year journey of, yeah. of having those realizations and and going back and forth. You know, I've always yeah. said, write your goals in pencil because you never know that's gonna change. You never know when it's gonna change. Yeah, you know because 
in in the past even just 15 years of my life i've gone yeah. from wanting to be a professional wrestler and to a professional fighter and to just okay a coach to now an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. podcaster and like I, I have all these different facets everything else is still there like i still have ambitions to to, to to help pro wrestlers now maybe it's not me being a pro wrestler but it, it's it's learning what they do to start training them and start training fighters and all these and and now i've taken such a a, a big interest in, in in training specifically for these jujitsu tournaments yeah. you know because before it was just all right go to do the tournament come back and let us know how it goes mm. you know but for this last one it was training camp you know we put them through a training camp the same way we would for an mma fight yeah. we put the grapplers through a training camp you know and and I, i'm taking that just as seriously as I, I i take the mma fights now you know so all these different facets are are opening up to to my goals and stuff you know because that's the name of the gym is evolution for a reason right because yeah. we're, we're constantly evolving goals we're constantly evol- evolving the work that we put in yeah. you know and and just to make sure nothing stays stagnant and you know and also a big shout out to you know Carla that she trains all of us mm-hmm. with the strength and conditioning yeah. you know she works with like coaches like Phil LaRue and so it's like it's nice that we have the MMA part but we also have the like the strength and conditioning mm-hmm. Carla being behind the scenes and helping you level up your training so. I, I really didn't start seeing the physical goals in my training until I actually started listening to Carla because you know, for me, yeah. it, it was always ego lifting, the bro lifting, the bro science. <laughs> Johnny you know, Bravo looking. And it was lifting essentially the same way since since eighth grade, mm. you know. And then it wasn't until I think last year, maybe the end of 2021, that I was like, all right, you know what? You're getting certified through Phil DeRue. I was like, all right, I'll start listening. You know, and then that's when I started seeing the results and I started feeling better too. You know, mm-hmm. the, when it came to strength, when it came to longevity and stuff, the aches and the pains, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it's still working. And now it's working again with all of my, my MMA coaches with, you know, Anthony, Coach Press, Mark, and Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, now getting to work with all of those guys again. You know, Dan Severn getting to the day that today, the day that we're recording this has been two years since we first met him, mm. you know, so not being able to work and learn from Dan Seven for the past two years, you know, and even as much as I, I I'm so on and off with it, the DDP yoga helps me with the, the pains and, and, and the longevity of things and everything. So all these, all these people that I've come across in my life to kind of just get me to where I need to go, mm-hmm. you know, and having all these people work together without actually being in the same room but just having that communication like this is what i'm doing with this person this is what i'm seeing with here this is you know it it all fits together when we all work together you know and that's that's where I, i i preach the loyalty of things because recently I've heard so many people come in and be like yeah I'm, I'm just going around to different places because I want to learn as much as I can from a bunch of different people mm. I can firmly say that that's not how you learn anything <laughs> you know right. because we all have different mindsets like the you know Mac, Mark and Anthony have all trained together you know Coach Crest was from a different system you know you got Dion Ricardo teaching you know the uh, Anthony, Mark, and Mac, and we have Fred Degerberg teaching Coach Cress a lot of his stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it's different styles. 
you know, but because I'm able to communicate with them, this is what Coach Crest showed me, this is what Mark showed me, this is what Max showed me, this is what Anthony showed me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're able to put those things together. But we're talking 13 years with some of them. We're talking, what is this, 17 years now with Coach Crest? Mm-hmm. You know, so longevity and loyalty and and that diligence working with people that want to make you better is how you learn it's i could watch all the videos in the world but those people in the videos don't know who i am they're not seeing what i'm doing wrong they're not seeing my style they don't know the strengths and weaknesses that i have but the coaches that are there can see those things and they can make the right adjustments that's how i've gotten to where i've gotten that's how mark mac anthony coach Cress have gotten to where they've gotten and every time Dan Severin comes in, he always tells us where he got the technique that he's showing it from. Mm-hmm. You know, so and that's how you learn. And the time where, especially during the pandemic, that physically I couldn't be with a lot of my coaches, it was all the lessons that they've taught me. Watching myself train is what helped me continue to grow even during a time that was very difficult to grow that's so good i'm glad that you mentioned that because that that's also another thing that's that is not too talked about like recording yourself and watching yourself mm-hmm. because all these you know professional fighters that we know of even football players what do they do or any a- athlete they mm-hmm. watch their rounds they watch their games and for the purpose of them catching the things that they missed when they happened yeah. So this is the same thing here. Like some people may see it, oh, we're recording ourselves for the ego. No, it's just so you can see what you're missing. Yep. See where you're, when you're, yeah. What you still need to work what on. you still need to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that so that we can all, you know, continue to either record ourselves and just analyze and really just look into what we can work on mm-hmm. and get better, of course. But yeah, I'm glad that you see that. Yep. And thanks for sharing that. That's yep. But yeah, okay. congratulations to you on your thirteenth. My training year. is officially a teenager, so. <laughs> uh, this is your you doing the first thirteen years of your MMA training. Can you believe that in the thirteen years from now, ten years from now, what yep. you can do? So yep. yeah. But it's making sure that my body can still do it 10, 13 years Just from take now. Care so. Of it. Um, yeah, uh, some of the the things that Nene talked about finding the clips like of Chewy's training camp and stuff. Luckily, I've already found a lot of those rounds, so I'll be yeah. posting some of that. Um, you can find all of that on uh, my social media on all the social me- ma- major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore Fitness, as well as YouTube at Taz Knows. Um, there's going to be a different type of video, long form video on YouTube coming on friday i've been talking about it for a while but i'm finally going to post it on friday yeah. uh, so make sure you um subscribe to it put on your post notifications so you see when that video comes out on friday um if you guys like that form of video let us know comment on it like it um share it if you can same thing with this podcast um you can follow nene on her on instagram at nene underscore mma underscore cmm and then subscribe to her YouTube and Patreon at Nene MMA. Um, I think that's it. Am I missing anything? Um, no, stay tuned for next week's though. Yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. So until then, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you back next week.